Good morning, everybody. Just in case you're new here this morning, my name is Dan Baker. I'm the children's pastor here at Great Oaks Community Church. This morning, we have a special blessing. Today, we get to hear from one of God's faithful missionaries who is serving God in Peru. Uh, his name is Mike Fiji. He's a friend of mine, and he's going to be up here in just a few minutes. He's going to tell us a lot about what Kids Alive International does there in Peru. We've been talking about Kids Alive uh, over the past six or seven or eight months here at Great Oaks Community Church. So today is the day where we are going to get to learn a lot about that exciting ministry. Before I have him up here, though, I'd like to share a, a few thoughts on a passage in the Bible that I've been thinking about this past week. And so I'm going to read that, that passage to you and, and just spend five or six minutes here this morning before I have Mike come up. It is out of Mark chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, please, to Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 13. This is a passage that will be familiar to, to some of you who have spent some time in church. Uh, it says this. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. All right, so I want to put some context to these verses for just a couple minutes. All right, so now Jesus is in a region called Perea, all right? It's on the east side of the Jordan River. He is with his disciples. He is traveling to Jerusalem. These verses take place about three months before Jesus dies on the cross for the sins of the world. All right? As Jesus is traveling, he has this crowd form around him. And this crowd is made up partly of moms and dads with their little children. And these parents are bringing their kids to Jesus because they want Jesus to... to bless them, and to touch their children. Uh, these parents are probably all Jewish parents, all right? And they want the rabbi, Jesus, to, to bless their children. I'm sure they don't understand the scope of who Jesus is at, at this point in history, okay? Uh, but they understand something. They understand that Jesus is special. They've seen his miracles, if they haven't seen them, they at least heard about them. They, they've uh, probably heard him teach. And now this is their chance. They're going to have this special person bless their child. All right? So they're bringing their kids to Jesus, right? And I think that it's safe to say this. That if you are a Christian parent here this morning, all right? So if you're a Christ follower... And if you have children, I think probably you would agree with me as I say that in our times of clearest thinking about our relationship with God, when we are closest with Jesus and we are truly thinking about life and eternity, especially with our kids, the one thing that we want the most is to have Jesus bless our kids. To know that God is at work in the lives of our children. Right? That's not to say that there's not other things that we don't want for our kids. Right? There definitely are. 
But that one thing, at the core of a Christian parent, of a Christ follower, I think the one thing we want the most is to have Jesus work in our kids' hearts so that he loves them, so that our kids love God, so that they can experience his blessing and his guidance in their life. That's it, right? These parents were the same way. That's what they wanted. They wanted God to work in their kids' lives. And here's this man, this special man. They understand he's, he's sent from God. He's doing miracles no one else does. He's special. And they want Jesus to bless their kids. So they're bringing their kids to Jesus. And the disciples see what's going on. And the disciples are like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Give Jesus some space. Back up. Parents, please don't bring your kids up here. Right? And it's not that the disciples hated kids. I don't think they hated kids. I think they loved kids, probably, I'm guessing. But the disciples were trying to protect Jesus. Because the disciples, again, they didn't understand the full scope of what Jesus was about to do. But they understood Jesus was on a very big mission. And they, they're just not too far from going to Jerusalem where they know something's going to happen. All right? They believe at this time that Jesus is going to set up like an earthly kingdom. Something big's going to happen, right? He's going to set up an earthly kingdom. They didn't understand he was setting up an eternal heavenly kingdom. But they knew he was on mission. And so at this point, they're just trying to protect Jesus. They're like, let's conserve his energy. Let's conserve his time. Let's just make sure that he's okay for this mission. And so they ask the parents and the kids, hey, stay away from Jesus. Well, Jesus sees what's going on here. And the Bible uses this word that really grabs my attention every time I read it. It says, Jesus was indignant. He was indignant. So I looked that word up to make sure I understood what it meant, which I thought I did, but I wanted to make sure. And it means strongly disapprove. Strongly disapprove. And I thought, wow. So in other words, Jesus was upset. He was angry. And he tells the disciples, guys, what are you doing? What are you doing? Let the children come to me. Right? This is why Jesus was upset, I believe, is because Jesus came to bless the world. He came because he has love and forgiveness and his mercy. He wanted God, he came so that God could bless the entire world. And this was already happening. Here these kids wanted to receive God's blessing. The reason that Jesus came. And the disciples are preventing that from happening. Now Jesus is very upset. And he says, let the children come to me. So then we have the parents. And they're bringing their kids to Jesus. And we see in this passage, Jesus obviously has a very soft spot in his heart for children. He, he takes hold of the children, and he holds them, and he touches them, and he blesses them. He wants these kids to understand he loves them. Right? He loves these kids. Here's my question for you this morning. What happens... What happens when the child's parent either doesn't want them to go to Jesus or they don't know Jesus or they aren't able to take them to Jesus? What happens to those kids today? What happens? That's where Kids Alive International steps in. They become the parents to these kids, and they take them so that they can experience the blessings and the love of Jesus Christ in their life. Today, we have the wonderful privilege of, of seeing the work 
that God is doing through Kids Live International. I'm going to ask that Mike go ahead and join us on stage here this morning. We're going to sit over here in these chairs and we're going to have an interview. Some of you don't know that, that Mike and I go way back to uh, all the way back to Moody Bible Institute. 1991 is when we first met. And that was 25 years ago. For some of us, that's way back. For some of you, are like, that's not very far back. <laughs> For me and him, that's way back. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually lived on the same floor for three years, and so we became good friends. For the last 25 years, we've pretty much lost contact with each other, maybe every now and then in a, a newsletter or something. But, uh, but then a couple years ago, God, God had us reconnect again, and today I'm sitting here with a friend from Moody Bible Institute talking about God's work around the world. It is just fantastic. This is a special day for me. So, uh, Mike. All right, church, this is Mike Fiji. Some of you have heard me talk about Mike. And you're like, this guy doesn't exist because we've never seen him. We've never heard him. He must be a myth. I bring you proof this morning. Um, all right, Mike, just quickly tell us about your family. Who are they, their names, maybe their ages, except for your wife. We don't need her age. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll avoid that one. It is great to be here. And thank you, Dan, um, for having us. Uh, my wife, Diane, I don't think she's here right now. Um, I think she's going to come to the second service. But we're coming up on 20 years of marriage and been great. Um, 18 of those years have been in Peru. And we have four kids. Naomi's our oldest, 16. She's um, actually having an interview in the kids upstreet um, this morning. And Zachary is 13. Daniela is 10. And Gabriella is 8. Very good. Okay, now tell us what Kids Alive does. Why does Kids Alive exist? You've been with Kids Alive how long? 18, 18, 18 years. years yeah. right. so. And you are the field director for Peru. Yeah, All right. that's correct. All right. yeah. So tell us what Kids Alive does. All right, Kids Alive basically exists to help vulnerable um, kids, orphans, abandoned, abused kids, and kids that the world has rejected. We want to rescue them, tell them about Christ, and our desire, like any other um, evangelical mission, um, is basically to fulfill the Great Commission. And so we want these kids to know Christ's love and be able to share um, Him with others. And that's really the basic premise of Kids Alive. Kids Alive has been around for 100 years now. This is 2016. We're celebrating 100 years. It started in China um, and started with a children's home there. And from there, um, with all the other missionaries, got kicked out of China. But it's really amazing um, just to see, like, the church in China has just grown phenomenally over the years and due to a lot of persecution. But a lot of the Kids Live kids from that original home um, have been leaders in the, in the church. And that's what we want for our kids. So we have um, basic ministries, our children's homes, kind of like an orphanage, but we, we have more of family structure. We have care centers, which are more for extreme poverty kids, the kids that... Um, if it weren't for a ministry like that, they might be in children's homes. And then we have schools. We also have a program called Families Together. We're trying to strengthen families. So it's more an outreach to, to especially women, um, but trying to strengthen families in the community so that they can stay together, that they can grow stronger. Um, so those are the basic ministries. So when you think of um, a kid, uh, like we'll call her Belen, we try and protect their privacy, um, but Belen 
You'll see, actually see her in, in the video that's going to come up, um, one of the kids there. But she, when she first came in, she was in, um, the, in child trafficking and rescued her out of that. She was just deathly afraid of men. Um, the first week or so, she was just waking up, not even really awake, but at 2, 3 in the morning, she'd be screaming. And just, um, yeah, we, we don't even really know quite what happened to her. And as weeks progressed, she got better and better. Now she just, she's a joy to be around, loves, loves everybody, big smile on her face. Um, so we want to rescue these kids, then have them turn out um, to be um, missionaries, to be pastors, to be lay people who, who love the Lord and are serving in their churches. And so that's our desire as Kids Alive. Terrific. Tell us how many countries around the world Kids Alive is involved with? Currently we're in about 15 countries and reaching about 7,000 kids or so um, in those countries. Some of those countries yeah. have, have multiple ministries, right? So most of them have yeah. more than one? Or? Yeah, most of them um, have a mix of children's homes, care centers, schools, and um, different locations around the country. So. All right, so you've spent the past 18 years with Kids Alive in Peru. Give us some, some specifics about what is going on in Peru. They've heard me talk some about it, but uh, they need to hear what's really going on. So right. tell us what exactly Kids Alive does in Peru, where they're at, that kind of stuff. Well, we arrived in 1998, and the home had already started. There was a children's home there. And uh, around 2003 or so, we started a care center. We saw the need. Um, there, was, there was a lot of kids in the children's home who were basically just in extreme poverty. And without fail, you take away the responsibility from the mother, and the mom would go out and have more kids. And so um, we stopped helping in cases like that. But so many people would come to us just begging us to take in their kids. So we started a care center. So we could take care of the kids during the day, and their moms could work, um, and then take, take them back at night. And so we started a care center there in Lima, and then in 2009, we started a ministry up in Andahuaylas, up in the mountains. We actually took over a ministry there um, from a different mission, a small mission that um, had, we had helped them start back a few, about five, six years previous to that, and then we, we helped them expand. Um, there's a small care center and a school there, or sorry, not a school, a small care center and a children's home. And then they have a Bible club. Every, every Thursday afternoon they have a Bible club. About 90 kids from the community come in and hear God's Word. It's, it's really incredible to, to watch there. And then in Pucallpa in the Amazon, we, have, um, we tried to start a children's home there. We had been given a piece of property and through that contact, we, we had a care center. Um, it was actually a technical school come under us, and we turned it into a care center model. And that's thriving. There's about 300 kids on a weekly basis coming through there. And um, we were just able to start the children's home um, this past year. In September, the first kids came in. And that's actually the ministry you'll see in the video. All right, so you have a orphanage or, or a child's home, children's home. in Lima and in Pucapa, and you have a care center in Lima and in Pucapa, and then in, in the mountains you have? It's combined, it's a okay. care center and a, and a children's home. All right, uh, let's go ahead and watch the video. Okay, so, the, is that right? Yep. Watch the video? Okay, so the video is gonna show you, kind of give you an insider's feel as to what the children's home is like in Pucapa. 
All right, so this is something that the four of us who went last spring, this is one of the places that we got to go see and experience, and that little girl, like you said, is, is part of this video. I think that everyone, I think that all four of us, uh, we really connected with those kids as far as seeing their lives and what's going on, and that little girl really jumped out, to, really jumped out at us, because seeing her smiles and knowing what she came from was just, it's a miracle. Is really what it is, but let's go ahead and watch that video. Plants are kept together in a trap. A skilled gardener is paid to properly feed and shelter them to keep them alive and healthy until someone comes to take them home. Often, when we think of residential care for children, we envision a similar scenario a place where kids' physical needs food, clothing, shelter, are provided for while they wait and hope for someone to come take them home. But the orchard is so much more. Here, a small group of children, only eight at the most, live with and become part of a family with a mom, a dad, and siblings. Whether they need a home for months, years, or until graduation, this is not where kids go to wait for a home. This is their home. In the first orchard house, seven kids get up and get ready for school together, eat meals, and do homework at a large dining room table. They play in their rooms in their big backyard and receive attention. So last spring, most of you know that, that four of us from Great Oaks went out there to Peru to see Kids Alive's work, all right? And it is, was amazing. It was fantastic. And uh, there, was, there was a young man that was, that was leading worship in the children's home that was in, in Lima. And he had a really cool story. Can you just tell us what his story is? Because I think that he symbolizes what Kids Alive is all about. So. All right. Well, again, protect his privacy. We'll call him Marco. Um, so Marco came to us when he was about eight or nine years old, and he was in a situation. Two of his siblings came to us as well. Um, his mom had died of AIDS, and 
there was three different fathers of the siblings, and so I came into the home. And he's been with us now um, about 10 years or so, um, nine years. And he's, he's actually, in the last few years, he's really been growing in his faith, um, loves the Lord, he wants to serve him, um, possibly um, be a vet, um, but wants to go to Bible school. But um, the older boys have had a neat opportunity with another mission called Bible Club Movement, or Bible Centered Ministries, they changed their name, BCM. Um, they go out and do evangelism in the communities about usually once a week on Saturdays. They get trained and they go out, and it's been incredible just for their leadership development, um, just boldness and sharing their faith. And so he and, and four others have been doing that. Um, there are also some very talented musical um, kids in the home, including um, Marco. And so he leads worship um, oftentimes at the children's home. We meet um, once a week, all the homes get together and have a time, a devotional time. So lead worship there and in their local church as well. And so he had been doing very well. But just recently, um, actually since we've been back, we're, we're from Canada, um, but we came back to Canada um, a couple months ago. And just since we've been back, we heard he was really struggling and doing some stuff he, he shouldn't have been doing. And so um, the, the really cool story about this is the house parents just have a, a deep um, concern for their kids. They just, they love the kids in that home unconditionally. And um, really the heart of the ministry is, is there. The key of the ministry is there with the house parents, the primary caregivers. And so they recognized there was a problem. Um, they um, lovingly confronted him um, and he, he confessed, he's been restored, um, just really growing in his faith again. And just being able to, in a, in a children's home, you know, it's, it's rare to have house parents that just deeply love um, these kids that the world has rejected. And so for us, that's, that's huge. Having, having parents there, I can recognize that um, and just bring bring back these kids restore them and and just keep encouraging them in their faith and so for us that's really the heart of the ministry right there awesome uh so when we were there on that wednesday night he was leading worship and i was thinking the whole time wow this is a kid that grew up in this orphanage and there he is leading us in worship it was just phenomenal one more quick story i gotta tell all right so that night we also went to to the different homes inside the orphanage, all right? And we had dinner, the four of us split up who went to Peru, and we had dinner with the different groups of kids inside the orphanage. And I went to the eight to 12-year-old girl's house with, with Mike's daughter. And so there was eight girls between the ages of eight and 12, and we're sitting around the table, and they're laughing, and they're smiling, and they're having fun with each other, and they're getting a good meal, and you can tell that 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 mom who's there with them just loves these kids. And I'm sitting there thinking, wow, these are kids that if not for the work God is doing through Kids Alive International would be experiencing terrible heartache and difficulty in their lives. They'd be, they'd be abused, they'd be homeless, they'd be on the street, they'd be anywhere. But because of Kids Alive, they're experiencing a real touch from Jesus Christ and his blessing through Kids Alive. It was just awesome. I'm thinking, wow. This is awesome. Um, now, we know that not everything is always roses and flowers, right? 
So tell us some of, <clears throat> tell us some of the challenges that you face uh, in this ministry or as missionaries over there in Peru. Okay. How long you got? <laughs> oh, let's see. I better get out the paper on this one. Um, oh, we, we definitely have lots of challenges, and it comes in different forms. Um, oh, one is, as I was mentioning, um, this, this kid Marco, you know, um, the real impact in him was having godly house parents that just loved him. And so that's a big challenge for us, is finding nationals, because we want to have nationals as our primary caregivers, finding godly nationals that love God, love kids, and are willing to serve in a children's home sacrificially, um, not for great pay, um, it's long hours, and some really tough kids. And so that's one of our biggest challenges, is um, finding godly nationals to, to do that. Um, there's high government regulations, um, lots of paperwork and stuff like that, and very little help from the government, so that's another one. Um, corruption in many different forms. It could be, um, I, I've been pulled over so many times, um, uh, just getting asked for money, you know, from cops. But it's, and that's inconvenience, but it's worse when it's, um, there's abusers that are out there, and they abuse little kids, they abuse their wives or girlfriends. Um, the police do nothing. Um, they can be bought, they can be bribed. And so um, sometimes justice just does not happen. Um, paperwork that needs to get signed. Um, we've had paperwork that's been um, trying to get done for a while, trying to register one of our properties, but um, the one official doesn't want to do it without a bribe and we're not willing to, to give it to him. So um, things like that, um, indifference in society, but even within the church, um, to whether it's sexual abuse of kids, um, whether it's child trafficking, um, a real indifference. Um, yeah. So those are those are some of the That's challenges. The um, yeah, I could go on. <laughs> but, All right. Yeah. Well, in a few minutes, we're going to pray, mm. and, and we're going to ask for God's blessing upon you and your family and your ministry there. Uh, Church, before we do that, you have that bulletin insert that, that Pastor Nate was talking about this morning in your, in, in your bulletin. On that card are some important dates. All right. The uh, first date, I believe I didn't bring one up with me, but the first date uh, is September the 18th. On September 18th, we're going to have a, an informational meeting back in the youth room. And that is for those of you who would like more information about going to Peru on a service team. All right, uh, that will be at 12.30, September 18th. And so, like, if you want to check it out, find out more, find out, find out about the application process and what you need to do, please come to that meeting. I'll, and I also ask that you send me an email uh, just to let me know that you're interested, and I'll put you on the list. Um, and then there's two other dates on that postcard. All right, so one of them is March the 11th through the 18th. March the 11th through the 18th, we are going to take our first team to Peru from, from Great Oaks, all right? Well, I'm not counting the team that went last, last spring. And that is going to be a construction-centered team, all right? That team uh, needs both skilled and unskilled laborers, all right? So if you're a plumber or an electrician is what, the project manager, is what the project manager asks for the most. But he says we also need people with a strong back and a willing spirit who can pitch in and help, 
All right, so that's going to be a construction-centered team on March the 11th through the 18th. Now, at the beginning of last summer, I stood up here, all right, and I made an announcement, and I said that we're going to start taking teams to Peru. In the course of that announcement, I told you about a project that Kids Alive felt that they needed to do, and it was their highest priority project for, for the nation of Peru. And that was to build a team apartment, all right? And that team apartment was going to cost $40,000. And so I challenged Great Oaks Community Church. I said, let's see what God does, all right? Uh, How cool would it be, I said, if we gave that money, and then we went and built that building, And, friends, are you ready to give God a praise? That money has all come in. We have sent it on to Kids Alive International, and we are going to be building that building starting March. Isn't that awesome? Come on, now give God a praise. That's awesome. So, we are going to send a team down to build that, that apartment. Has it already started? I think it may have started. Not yet. We're, we actually have to pass a government inspection first, and then once it's all done, then we can start building. All right, and the so government inspection could take anywhere from it, one week to eight months? It could take a few months. We're, <laughs> we're hoping. We've already passed it before, a couple of years ago, and so it's really a renovation, which makes it a little easier. So, okay. Yeah. All right, so uh, the purpose of that team house is this. Okay, so that team house is going to house short term service teams who go down to, to uh, the children's home there in Lima so that they can stay on the property with, with the missionaries and with the orphans and, and not have to make a very long, difficult drive back and forth to uh, another part of town a long ways away. All right, that's going to help tremendously. I also found out that that team house is going to be a retreat place for the uh, the children's home parents. Most of these parents don't have places outside of that children's home. So when the parents want to go somewhere to spend time together, they have nowhere to go. So they will be able to go to that home, even though it's there on the property, but to spend time focusing on their marriage, which is going to greatly help their experience with the kids. All right. So that's a couple ways that the team home is going to be used. Uh, And so, so those of you who are who would like to participate in the building of that is March 11th through the 18th. We're also going to send teams June 3rd through the 10th. Uh, there's going to be a senior high team, and there's also going to be a family team. The family team is basically for, for like everyone who, who doesn't fit in to the construction group, or you're in a high school. So it's everyone else taking children as young as nine years old. All right? So... That is what we have planned. Some very exciting things coming up uh, going to Peru. Uh, and, then, and then you will also notice on the back of your bulletin, there's the sermon notes there. And I have the next steps. All right. So the next step is to attend the meeting September 18th. Or you can also uh, support one of the service teams going to Peru. Uh, we're going to have some, some organized events for you, for you to be able to contribute to that need. 
but you don't have to wait till then. All right? You can go to greatoakcc.org and you can give there at, that web, at our website. Just make sure that you designate your gift to the mission fund. Um, and then also, uh, pray. We need you praying. Kids alive need you praying. The kids need you praying. We got to be praying. And God will continue to use Great Oaks to make an impact in these kids' lives that will last for eternity. All right? And then the third thing is very exciting, or the fourth thing is very exciting also. Back in the lobby, there are some of these uh, child sponsorship packets. Now, this is cool, all right? All right, so you can pick up one of these packets. These kids all live in Lima and in Pucapa. So when we send teams to Peru next year, if you choose to sponsor one of these kids, you will get to meet that child as they're there serving in Lima and Peru with Kids Alive. I mean, that is awesome. All right, so there's a little thing on the back that tells you about that child, uh, and it is, how much is it? 30? $39. $39. $39 a month, all right? $39 a month, and you can rescue a kid from unimaginable things, all right? So pray about that. Consider that. Uh, we have those back in the lobby, and if you decide down the down the road that you want to do it, you can get online, and you can also do it at the Kids Alive with at the Kids Alive website. Mm. Anything I've left out, Mike? Well, I do want to thank you. Um, thank you, one for just a tremendous gift um, towards the team apartment. Um, that's incredible. Um, we had a gift just earlier this year as well, um, church in uh, Sarnia, Ontario. And with both of those, I think we've, we've got basically enough to cover the team apartment. So praise God. Um, also, just personally, when, when the team came down, uh, pastors came down and Matt, um, they gave us some money personally, which was very timely. And um, we had just moved. We had a lot of moving expenses, some medical expenses. And yeah, it was just for us, it was yeah, a very timely gift um, from God, from you. Um, and we're very thankful for that. And I do want to um, just read a verse. I brought my Bible up here and forgot to share it earlier. But um, since it is part of the sermon, sort of, you know. Um, Psalm 82, 2-4. says, How long will you defend the unjust and show partiality to the wicked? Defend the cause of the weak and fatherless. Maintain the rights of the poor and oppressed. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. And um, the Old Testament especially is just full of um, just these, these um, challenges to the church, um, challenges to believers to take care of um, the needy, to take care of the orphans and widows in their distress. And so um, that's just part of our motivation at Kids Alive. And um, we're very grateful to Great Oaks, um, kept on saying to Dan, Greater Oaks, you got to push for more. Um, I didn't Great stop Oaks, them. I think we're greater too, but, so I didn't stop um, them. Thankful to Great Oaks just um, for, your, for your participation um, with us and your partnership with us in this. So thank you. Oh, it is our pleasure. The four of us who went down, we were all impacted. We were like, wow, Great Oaks has got to be a part of this. And so God has opened up that door for Great Oaks to be involved with the ministry Kids Alive is doing in Peru. So seriously, think, think about it, pray about it. If you can't go, definitely pray. And if God makes it possible for you to give, support those who can go.
Uh, I'm going to ask that the worship team come on out now. And uh, as they come out, I'm going to close this in prayer this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the awesome work that you are doing down in Peru through this wonderful ministry called Kids Alive International. God, we thank you that you put that burden in their heart to take care of the, of the poorest and of the uh, most difficult circumstances of the kids' lives there in Peru. God, we ask that you continue to direct, to direct them as a mission. God, I pray that you strengthen Mike and Diane and their children. May you continue to give them courage and boldness and hope and joy in the name of Jesus Christ as they serve you there. Thank you for their example of sacrifice and faithfulness that they are to me and to Great Oaks Community Church. God, we pray that you continue to give them favor in the eyes of the government. God, may you cause paperwork and and, uh, conversations and all that stuff that goes into making this ministry possible to take place at at a good rate, at a good pace. And God, may you continue to provide the the parents that these kids need, these teachers that the kids need, and the financial support that the kids need. And God, we just look forward to spending eternity with these kids, holding them hand in hand as we worship the Lord Jesus Christ together. God, we are so excited to be a part of your work, and God, we ask for your continued direction and blessing upon Great Oaks as we seek to serve you there. It's in the precious name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen.